The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine such a thing. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, everyday peace is possible. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And if you missed last week's interviews, I'll tell you, you missed a great show. We had Amber Rose Johnson, skincare extraordinaire. Um, she's an anesthetician, anesthetician, say that five times, anesthetician uh, to celebrities, and she's the owner of Facial Lounge. She came back to, sh- to share with us how to get our skin ready for the transition into the cooler seasons, the fall and winter seasons. So, and um, she gave us some wonderful, wonderful tips. Every time Amber Rose Johnson is on the show, I tell you, I learned so much about how to take care of this vehicle that I'm living in. You know, we can want to do all of the wonderful things that we do in the world, but one thing's for sure, if we're gonna operate in this world, we're gonna need this body to do just that. And so Amber Rose Johnson helps us to keep our skin and tip-top condition so that we can do that. You can access last week's show, and I hope that you do, in our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or you can listen to them on the unityonlineradio.org website. Another great place to find out what's going on in the world of Dr. Drayvon James and the everyday peace. 
makers is to visit our website, drdravonjames.com. This website includes so many fabulous things. And if you have not been there lately, then you are missing out. Uh, we've got free stuff all over the place. Who doesn't like free, especially when free will improve your journey, your life journey. Right now, we have a wonderful mini um, training up there on self-esteem and self-confidence, how to tips to improve your self-esteem and to improve your self-confidence. So hop over there. I want to also encourage you to visit our um, website, Facebook group, which is Leaders in High Heels. It is a uh, Facebook group where we focus on leadership skills and specifically for women. We got something coming for the men too, so hold on. But this one is up and running and we're learning how to use leadership skills to improve every area of our lives. Imagine that, using leadership skills to improve your health, your wealth, and your relationships. And you know in the everyday peace philosophy, that is the pyramid model that we that we work on health, wealth, and relationships. So before we get into our fabulous guests, and we do have a fab, we have two amazing guests for you today. Oh my goodness, you do not want to miss this show. We're talking about creating the life that you want, getting rid of some strongholds, putting some things into place that you want in your life. But before we get there, let's just spend a quick moment, our everyday peace moment. And today we're going to focus on gratitude. Why? Because our country is getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And what a great time to talk about gratitude. I happened to be interviewed on a show and they asked me this question. I wanted to share it with you all in my everyday peace moment. They asked me, what was I most grateful for? And that's a question I think a lot of us will be asking ourselves during this holiday season. What are we most grateful for? And I want to tell you that I am most grateful for the understanding of how powerful gratitude is. What we can do with this energy called gratitude, this thankfulness, and how to utilize that to build us up to move forward, it energizes us to move forward to our next level of greatness, rather than using that energy to stagnate us where we are right now. So gratitude is meant to propel us forward into our great future. I want to share that with you all today as you are celebrating Thanksgiving in whatever way suits you, that you think about what are you grateful for that's causing you to reach for the and then some. That is our everyday peace moment. And with that, we're going to go introduce our very first guest today. Mary Joy is a healed, codependent, and licensed therapist. Mary Joy has helped people get in touch with their emotions through her unique approach. She provides a holistic alternative to typical 12-step addiction models for codependency. She is here today to discuss her new book, Welcome to the show, Mary Joy. We're so excited to have you. Hello, Dr. James. I'm so excited to be here, too. I, I really thank you, and gratitude is, uh, I'm glad that's your subject of today. That's a, that's a big deal in recovery and codependency as well. It's good to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you. This is a huge topic. And so the book is Codependent Discovery and Recovery 2.1, 2.0. I said 2.1. It's got to be another one coming out. <laughs> Codependent. <laughs> That'll be the next one. <laughs> right. 
Codependent <laughs> Discovery and Recovery 2.0. So here you are. Let's start at the very beginning because this is a very important topic. It's all over the place. I can't turn on a social media without seeing something that has to do with codependency. So can you give us a very quick usable definition for what is it? Yes, and it's so relevant for the holiday season. It's people who give of themselves until they give out or burn out. So that's pretty much the deal. You lose yourself caring for others. It's Of course it's okay to care for others. Yes, we have to do that. But when you lose yourself doing that, then you might be codependent. Just giving to you, give out or burn out. Mm. So it's like over overgiving. I always say that yes. when, the well, when, when the well is dry... Right. When you're scraping from the bottom of yes. the well, you're not nourished. So you're not really giving the best of you. Right. <laughs> right? No, you, you have you're giving from a dry well. You cannot give someone a drink from a dry well. And I do believe in it's more blessed to give than to receive. But it doesn't say that you're not supposed to receive. It's just you you have to receive in order to give. You really cannot give of what you don't have, be it time, talent, money baking a hundred pies for Christmas, whatever it is that you're doing. If you, it can be your undoing if you, if you're overdoing. Yes. Yes. So why, why do people get, and I know there's a thousand reasons, but why do people get into this place of codependency? Are you born this way? Do you develop this because of your environment? The answer is yes. So uh, one of my professors very wisely said it's 100% nature and 100% nurture. So yes, people that are codependent are born with a little extra empathy and maybe an overactive conscience where they feel guilt more than the other person. And in our brain, guilt and empathy reside very much in the same place. And it would make sense. I mean, it makes society safe. If you're eating a sandwich and you see someone starving, your guilt will motivate you in a good way to give your sandwich to the other person. That's not bad guilt. That's, you know, that's not shame. But you can be nurtured that way as well. A lot of times that happens from our spiritual upbringings, from our family upbringings. If you're raised in a family where there's addiction and you're constantly covering up for a parent or a sibling or you're keeping family secrets if you're being abused as a child, then you develop attachment issues that you carry into adulthood. So you feel responsible and overly responsible to make everyone else happy at your own expense. And a lot of that was my story as a child. I was a psychiatrist's daughter, so I had to be an extension of my family image, cover all the family secrets, and be perfect all the time. And it wasn't possible. It wasn't doable. And it was my undoing until I got some help and then became a therapist and I helped people get through that. Now, I love that, you know, you talk about you recovered from this because oftentimes you sit with therapists and you sort of see them as these gods and you feel like a little naked and ashamed because, you know, you feel so flawed and maybe you're thinking, Mm. well, they don't they've never experienced this. But I I think it's unique and and very um, encouraging that you suffered from codependency and you are healed from that. So I want I want to talk about that. Like, how will a person know? Because, right, you said something. You said that, you know, we it's, it is more blessed to give than receive. And we're in the giving season, right? And yes. all of that, right? But how, codependency, actually, I'm smiling, but it is a very sad, um, I've known people who've had this, a very, very sad uh, state of beings that constantly feeling empty, 
you know, and I guess because they oh, yeah. are overgiving, right? So how, but how would someone right now who's listening to the show be able to say, I think that's me. I think I am codependent. Well, you described it so beautifully. It's not, it's, and beyond empty, they get resentful sometimes. Uh, they're, they give and give and give, and then they empty out, and then they start getting angry. They, so they go from empty to angry. There is an addiction aspect to it. We get dopamine when we give to people, which, again, is nature's way of helping keep society safe. When we give and we share, everyone's safe. But, but then there's the overgivers and the overdoers. So um, just, just to, I'll just read a little list from my book. I don't have to read the whole thing, but people that are codependent have approval-seeking or people-pleasing behavior. They have a fear of being alone. They feel like they're not good enough, too much or too little. And you might even feel selfish or guilty for saying no. I think that's a big one for everyone. And you diminish yourself to lift others up. Uh, you know, this is just a constant flow, and the list in my book is, is very long. There's about 20 things, and but I think you get the point, is that giving to you give out or burn out, and also to give until you might get resentful. And codependents that are covert, they'll even be the type of codependent that will say, I give you all this, and this is the thanks I get. And, and we hear that a lot during the holidays. So if you're giving with a purpose to get back, also uh, on the spectrum of being a codependent because it's kind of like a doormat to someone who's nagging and controlling and there's many ways this manifests and I think people the number one symptom is exhaustion oh I I love that exhaustion and what is an exhaust toxic fumes from our vehicles that's the same thing in a human being I think physics and spirituality and physicality line up very well we, we we use terms we call them toxic relationships and then we get exhausted exhaust is toxic and that's how people end up with exhaustion and burnout is a medical diagnosis codependency is not a formal disorder but burnout is ah, isn't that something so and tell us again the title of the book and where people can get this book it's so necessary it's called codependent discovery and recovery 2.0 a holistic approach to healing and freeing yourself. And they can get it anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Books A Million, it's on the shelf and online. And it's by HCI Publishers, distributed by Simon & Schuster. I couldn't ask for a better publishing company. They've made this very available on many platforms. So, uh, And it's especially helpful for people during the holidays who are giving till they give out. Yeah, is is it also like on Audible books? People could listen to it on their commute? It will be very soon. It is being recorded as we speak. It just came out in August, and we are uh, in the process of getting it finished and recorded so everyone can have it by Audible. Good, good, good. Because this, this is this is really a necessary topic because, you know, I just saw something on uh, just scrolling through YouTube, and I, I learned that a lot of codependent be- behaviors are tracked uh, narcissistic behavior. So they sort of yes. feed off of each other, right? And uh, oh yeah, that how how does someone who's involved with something like that how do they how they dis disentangle? Do you, do you address that in the book? How they disentangle themselves from that because that seems like a, a really yes, big I I have addressed that very subject about empaths, codependents because not all empaths are codependent, not all codependents are empaths, but I address that. Uh, codependent narcissistic dance it's choreographed it's very maladaptive 
they tend to find each other in the dark because codependents love to give and narcissists love to get. I even made a handy-dandy little table in my book, just a 20-bullet-point table of how that dance exists. Uh, it, it compares and contrasts codependents and narcissists. They attract each other all the time because we get dopamine when we give and the narcissist gets dopamine when they get. So do you see it forms what we call a trauma bond and the neuroscience behind that without giving someone a neuroscience lecture is it feels like love, but it isn't. It's just a maladaptive addiction and attraction to someone who isn't good for you. Again, like an alcoholic has to have a drink, but truly it's bad for them. So these two people get involved and they create a trauma bond and narcissists love to love bomb and discard, which is what we call intermittent reinforcement. That causes a physiological reaction in the codependent. They get all feel-good chemicals and just feel all butterflies in the stomach and wonderful. And then those butterflies turn to abject panic attacks if they discard you or leave you. It's a trauma bond. It feels like love, but it's really a trauma bond. And sometimes it's rooted in childhood behaviors and attachment. Hopefully that helped explain it. Yes. And I think that was a great neuroscience. I mean, it was very user friendly, right? Because when you were saying that, I was thinking about there is um, the codependent and you talked about the dopamine that gets released, right? That's the feel good hormone that gets released when we, when we give, Right. So it's constantly like in my head, I see like the gerbil or whatever, constantly hitting a little button to get the little dopamine rush. Right. And so the the codependent is constantly trying to find someone to give to to give of themselves to so they can get that dopamine rush of acceptance or whatever that they need at that point, which makes them feel worthy. And then. um, Right. And then the narcissistic individual is getting the. Uh, by receiving, they're getting the dopamine rush, right? So you would think it'd be a match made in heaven, except for these are both disorders, right? Uh, right. It's a match made in Hades, actually. <laughs> right, right, right. And, of course. And, and, and of Dr. Course. James, you couldn't have explained it better that, yes, I, I try to make neuroscience easy in this book, but I always tell my clients, I do all the reading so you don't have to. And I've lived through this, so I wanted the science behind it. I actually went to an addictions doctor. They don't make pills for codependency, but I went to an addictions doctor to help me unravel what was going on in my brain so that I could share the information and then research it even more deeply to help, you know, people like are listening on your podcast, Dr. James, and and people like me and anybody who even has some codependent behaviors. We're all codependent with someone in our lives somewhere. We're all people pleasing someone and sometimes you just can't please everybody you just can't do it it's impossible and it'll again it will exhaust you yeah I love the fact that you say that it's exhausting right because I think that the body is trying to heal itself by doing that you say you know I'm exhausted so the so the response would be let me pull back right to pay attention to these cues and clues that the body is giving us say okay engaging in this activity or engaging with this individual, pay attention to how you're feeling. You come away exhausted. But I think that, you know, as I'm saying that, I think, well, that dopamine rush probably over overrides that feeling. So you do need to have some sort of um, some help through this process. Now, let's talk a little bit about, um, you said, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that you are healed from this because I thought that there was something that people may have to suffer with forever. They could just manage it, like going into remission. But you can actually be healed from codependency. 
I'm so glad you asked me that because the doctor that I went to, who is an addictions doctor, remember, he said, never call yourself a codependent again or you're going to call it in. And he said, it's just, you know, spiritually you'll call it in. If you call, if you say, I am, I am statements, as you know from the, from the work that you do, I am statements are very powerful. So when you say, I am healed, even if you have some residual um, behaviors, as I do, it doesn't mean I am codependent. I was codependent. I'm still struggling with some of those traits, but I am no longer fully codependent. It's just like if, you, you know, if you've been sober for 20 years and you keep saying, I am an alcoholic, you, the chances of you relapsing are higher. Um, you know, there's biology to these statements that we make to ourselves. So uh, I'm glad you asked that because, yes, I am healed. But, you know, every now and then I will trip up and I'll go, oh, there you go. It came back. And it's a learning experience every single time. And it doesn't last as long. I don't get into burnout. I just get into enlightenment. It, it's gone from exhaustion to, oh, there it is again. What is it teaching me? Where was I, you know, making a mistake? Just like the alcoholic will walk into a bar and they'll go, what am I doing in here? Same thing a codependent will do. You might walk right back into your behavior. But if you, I call it recognize and neutralize. When you recognize those triggers in your body, like you just said, you recognize your tension. I call it pay attention to your tension and with intentions, Speak and then speak your truth. That way a codependent won't get tripped up. You recognize and neutralize those triggers and you, you can remain healed because you may walk right into your own illness, but you'll walk right out very quickly. You kind of just touch it or brush with it, but you're not sucked back into it, if that makes sense. It's not a full relapse. Oh, I, I love it's it. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wanting for the listeners to go back to this because I know that codependency is huge and you're especially right when you say that we're getting ready to go into the holiday season codependents are going to get that rush right they're going to go in and they're going to overgive 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 and be spun out and at the end of that they're going to feel dejected and washed out and maybe a little resentful and just yeah. alone and so um i love this what you just said is that uh, pay attention to your tension right there that self-awareness yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to what you are feeling. What is what? Do you have any tips that people could do to sort of come back into the body throughout the day? Because we float out of it, don't we? We we're we're on autopilot. Absolutely, we dissociate. And um, you had mentioned YouTube earlier. I at the end of every chapter, I have a meditation, and I have bullet point lists that the reader writes for themselves. They write what they don't want on one side and what they do want on the other. And at the end, they release the left list so they're only left with what's right so there's true self-help here but back to the youtube videos they can you don't even have to buy the book for that and i don't i i'm here to just help people there's a vagus nerve exercise and for those who don't know what the vagus nerve is it is the thing that gives you butterflies in your stomach and makes you sick to your stomach when you get a gut feeling that's negative it depends on your positive or negative emotion if you're in fight flight or frozen the vagus nerve is involuntary and reacts to that. So people don't pay attention to those first signs, like their heart will pound or their chest will get tight. They don't pay attention to that. They go right into their emotions. They let their emotions override their body. When if they would pay attention to their physical body first and hit the pause button, then they can shift their intention and go, oh, wait a minute, I just felt my chest get tight when someone asked me to do something I don't want to do. I hit the pause button. I take a breath, 
and I can meditate. And every meditation is on YouTube from this book, every single one. You can just shut your eyes, and I do the talking for you. They're all in here. So there's meditations on healing codependency, and they all build on one another. There's 11 of them. And uh, they're, they're very helpful to help people help themselves. I always say my job as a therapist is to help people listen to themselves. And if you meditate, your subconscious and your conscious mind are connecting with each other. So you can be your own therapist. And that was, that's what this book is all about. And I make it easy because codependents will not spend time on themselves. So that's why I made it so easy. I used to be one of these. Nobody that's codependent is going to spend hours journaling. <laughs> they don't have time. They're taking care of everybody else but themselves. Yeah, you're that's right. Why I made they, it so easy. Right. The, the best of intentions, but then something comes along that could be doing for somebody else. And so this this Vegas nerve exercise that can be found on YouTube. You said. Yes. The Vegas you just look nerve. Look up okay. Mary Joy J O Y E Vegas nerve, and it will come up. It's a relaxation exercise to help you pay attention to your tension, and with intention you seek. And then speak your truth. You're just hitting that pause button and breathing. We all say that knee jerk, why, yes, I'll do whatever you want. And then you go, why did I say that? And you can reel it back in. It's teaching you to not to even say yes when you mean no or no when you mean yes. Oh, I love that. And so for our listeners, please take advantage of that, especially during the season of giving, so that you can give from the right energy source, from your cup being full instead of your cup being empty. And you can move into this space of healing and know what it's like to have healthy relationships because that's really what you're talking about here. This is having a healthy relationship. And a healthy relationship is, it has harmony, right? A harmonious, uh, I, I don't necessarily like the word balance, but it seems to be appropriate here that it is a give and take, right? Um, you yes. are giving, but you it's are also receiving. Right. Yes. Yes. Homeostasis. And in right. my book, I have I use the word harmonious relationships and higher harmonious relationships. I used to be a songwriter, so harmony is one of those mysteries of the world. When, when certain notes go with certain notes, and certain ones called are discordant, and some are are harmonious. So this is teaching people how to have harmonious relationships instead of that discord and that dissociation and all the things that. Um, that happen to them if they give too much to the to toxic relationships and not enough to themselves. And we have a caller on the line. I get so wrapped up in the, We just have like less than a minute. I want to bring our caller on. Um, hello, and thank you for calling the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Show with our fabulous guest today, Mary Joy. Did you have a question or comment? I did, but since you only have a minute, I'm going to be, I'll be very First, I wanted to say I really appreciate your guest using affirmative words in terms of, um, you know, healing yourself. When she talked about um, stop, can't keep using the I am phrasing. I know, you know, we, we're told that you have to keep saying that because you're never fully healed from whatever it is. And so I like that. That's very affirmative. Um, the other thing was I like this Vegas nerve exercise. I really like that because she talked about getting in touch with how you – perceive things or see things mentally when they first occur. You know, athletes, when they feel an injury coming on, even before the injury occurs, most athletes, especially professionals, they know right away and they act upon it. And I think that to be able to do that with your mental state is, is just awesome. It's awesome. So she, your guest is great. I love everything she's saying. I want to get her book um, because it's just 
wonderful. This is wonderful listening to somebody who speaks in the affirmative in terms of dealing with whatever. I know you all were talking oh, about codependency. Oh, um, we, we're going to have... Our Mary Joy, just hold on one more time after the break so we can just close out appropriately. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Well, welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. And we were, this is a riveting topic. In fact, our whole show today is riveting. Our second guest today is none other than Linus Woods Mullins. She is a recurring guest on the show by popular demand because her topics are so relevant. And today we're talking with her about the importance of self-care. So I feel that these topics are so intertwined. And before we let Mary Joy go we did have another guest who was holding so patiently that i didn't want to disappoint her miss pauline you're on the air For oh hi i thought i gave the question so i didn't and have to hold me on oh, oh. well you sure did but i don't know if you wanted to be on the air just to say your question yourself oh. you certainly can no it didn't make sense i was going to say that the only way to heal all of this is to heal you take care of yourself and stop having other people be the codependent that you get approval from them. You need to finally get validation for yourself. And that is, I was going to, I was already had my answer, but I just came up with it while you guys were talking about self-care with your new guest. Like, <laughs> you know, that came in. <laughs> so I, tell you, I guess I got my answer, but I really still think that I'm so happy you had a man calling because I've never listened to your show that often because I have never do it when you're live. And I'm really glad there are men out there. And you know what? I think this codependency thing is for all of us, even if, to me, I don't see that many men who are codependent, but I think they don't acknowledge their feminine side, their emotions. So if they did do that, then maybe we wouldn't have so many uh, narcissistic men out there. Right. That there are narcissistic women, too. I, right. I've been there. Yeah. Well, and I want to give Mary just a quick second to answer that before we brought Linus on. The question was, you know, is codependency more likely to be seen in women? You know, actually, no. I see equal in my office. And I think it's because I think it's part of what Pauline addressed. Men don't admit it, but they do come to therapy and admit it because I'm allowed to have sacred conversations. You know, I have I have HIPAA rights to follow. So I do see equal male and female codependency. And I do love it that you'd had a male call in because he was bringing up exactly the physiology of it. If it hurts a little bit, slow down. If it hurts a lot, stop, which is perfect segue into your self-care uh, segment. I think that that's, that's 
a, a perfect segue into that. So, yes, men and women can be both codependent. And, Dr. James, thank you for bringing me on, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you, and we'll be back at it. And, Pauline, thank you for being an everyday peacemaker and joining us today. With that, we're going to go to our next guest. She is fabulous. She's been on the show before. Um, Linus Woods Mullins is a special guest special guest has a special place in my heart for the work that she does and today she's here to discuss the importance of self-care um one of the most loving and thoughtful things you can do during this holiday season is begin a self-care practice uh, Linus is a certified holistic living and wellness expert for women over the age of 40 and founder of praise works health and wellness and wellness women 40 and beyond. Welcome to the show, Linus. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Drayvon. It's wonderful to be here today and love your guests because I can certainly relate to that. I have a narcissist in my life or had a narcissist in my life, and I believe that uh, I am now a recovering codependent. I think I've kicked most of that. I recognize the twi- triggers, triggers, but her... Um, Um, what you have to say was uh, so relevant because the reality is if you are a codependent, you are definitely not in the self-care mode. You're doing everything but that. So uh, she's absolutely right. This is the perfect segue into that in terms of why self-care is so important and why we really cannot afford uh, afford from a mind, body, spirit, wellness perspective to not enter into some kind of a self-care plan. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that today. Um, I'm so glad that you asked me to stop by because we're heading into the holidays. And uh, this is when lack of self-care really rears its ugly head is during the holidays. Yes. And so let's just start at the very beginning. You know, there's so many jokes out there about self-care and, uh, you know, as it relates, I'm going to just go ahead and say it, as it relates to women being lazy and wanting to be pampered and, you know, not pulling their fair share. I don't know right. how self, self-care has gotten such a negative stigma, but it is so important that, that we take care of ourselves, especially if you are a caregiver, right? You have to have um, be in tip-top condition or as close to it as possible so you can give from your highest self. So what does self-care look like? What, I mean, is it... What are the basis of it? The bare bones. If you, if a person says to you, "Hey, here I am," I you know mm-hmm. I haven't, I I feel depleted. I I don't know where to start. Where do you start? Well, first of all, let me just say that you're right. Self care is used a lot these days, and and it's kind of a, a catch all phrase. But basically, when we take a look at self care and what it really does mean, it's it's very simple. Uh, self care is just what it sounds like: taking care of yourself. Uh, self-care is the practice of consciously doing things that will uh, preserve or improve your mind, body, spirit, wellness, or your your mental health or your physical health. And and these days when people talk about self-care, they're generally talking about, you know, the conscious and deliberate choice to do something that looks after you and your well-being. And I would like to also take that a step further, that self-care is not necessarily taking care of just the surface stuff, like you mentioned, the hair, nails, and you know, whatever else. It's actually pulling back the layers and taking care of some of that underbelly stuff that we normally try to cover up or just don't deal with. Self-care is entering into that journey of addressing those other needs that usually go unaddressed. 
and first of all, recognizing that there's a need and then developing a plan or a, um, a blueprint, if you will, of what you're going to do to address that particular uh, self-care need. So if I were to um, tell you some examples of uh, self-care, there's, there's really so many, but basically it's looking after yourself mentally and physically. Um, one way, there's, there's all kinds of ways to practice self-care. Um, without necessarily going and spending money per se, per se. So some of those examples are some very simple ways of self-care that are really, really important. They may be simple, but they are critical to your mind, body, spirit, wellness. Like, for instance, getting a good night's sleep. That's really important that you get, you know, six to eight hours sleep. And everybody's body is different. But there's been all kinds of studies that have shown a direct correlation between uh, getting enough sleep and weight loss, getting enough sleep and anxiety, getting enough sleep and dementia. I mean, there's all kinds of correlations um, that have been drawn between getting enough sleep and being overall healthy. Another thing is that you want to make sure this is another self-care tip is just take drinking lots of water. Um, you know, I normally tell my clients to drink if they can half their body weight. That's the goal. And that might seem like a lot, but if you are, frankly, drinking about eight ounces of water, eight to ten ounces of water a day, um, every day until maybe two hours before you go to bed so you don't have too much water in your tummy before you go to bed, you're going to come close to half your body weight. You're definitely going to be hydrated. And remember that hydration also is in our uh, vegetables, our salads as well. So, you know, eating things that have a lot of fluid in them like cucumbers and celery and making sure you minimize your sugar because that uh, is dehydrating. Another thing is a uh, very simple thing is to go for a brisk walk. That's so important and so invigorating. It's really not only a great self-care thing for you, but it's also something that's wonderful for your mind, body, and spirit. Fresh oxygen to the brain because of all the fresh air. You're getting sunlight, you know, in, in some cases, and that sunlight has that vitamin D3, which is ex extremely important when it comes to your overall immune system. And then, you know, getting out and moving, it gets those feel-good, happy hormones going, and you just feel better. You feel happier. You get more joyful. So there's all kinds of ways from a self-care perspective why you would want to do that. Another thing is, you know, taking a relaxing bath. So many of us these days, myself included, jump in the shower real quick, but taking a bath, maybe with some essential oils like lavender, um, maybe some Epsom salt to be able to relax, that's a self-care. Or, you know, actually listening to your favorite music. You know, music has a very high vibration. It's like over 500 megahertz. And anything that's that high in vibration makes, gives you a lift, helps you to feel better. Listening to lyrics that bring back special memories or special feelings, that's a possible self-care. Um, also, um, you know, making a healthy and delicious meal or dinner, lunch, uh, something that you enjoy doing that you know is healthy for your, your body, that's a, a, some, somewhat of a self-care thing, too. Spending quality time with loved ones. You know, sometimes you might do the quantity time. We're all sitting in the same room, but we're all looking at our phones or watching a movie or, or doing something but not really interacting. So spending quality time with loved ones, that is a form of self-care. Or maybe making a list of, of things that you like about yourself. You know, a, a self I call it a self-love um, list. The things that you like about yourself. We've become experts at what we don't like about ourselves, but we need to become experts about those things that we do like or even love about ourselves and make those lists and read them every day to remind yourself who you are. And my last one is um, kind of kind of silly, but it's fun. Watching a funny movie 
or watching a romantic comedy, those kinds of things, that can be a form of self-care because it makes you laugh. It gives you a feel-good feeling. Uh, spending time with your girlfriends. Uh, there is a hormone that is secreted in um, quite a large quantity, more so than any other time, than when women get together and hang out. It's oxytocin, actually oxytocin. That's the hormone or the chemical that is created, and it is um, exhilarating. It's, you know, somewhat addictive in other forms, but that is what's secreted, and that's why it feels so good. So spending, um, spending that girlfriend time is also good for you in a form of self-care as well. So all of those things don't necessarily cost any money, but they're all uh, forms of self-care. And there's many, many others, but that just kind of gives you an example of what we mean by self-care. Oh, and you are always, I, I, I hope and I know everyone knows why I love you so much, because you are just a wealth of, of information and uh, it's such it is invigorating for me to listen to you to talk about all of these different things and I want to say that everything on here and I'm just kind of keeping a little list here six to eight hours of sleep a free way to get self-care and it's so very important because this is when the cells and all that rejuvenation and regeneration occurs in the body and we really need that so you could say it you know that's not selfish to hey lights out you know or to turn the cell phones off and you know my daughter uh, who's in college a senior in college was saying oh mom after a certain hour my telephone goes on um do not disturb she says i have it set up automatically and i thought well aren't you worried that you'll miss something she says no well after a certain hour i need to get my sleep and i'm listening to you and you're talking and i'm saying that is that's that's self-care to say hey it's time to pour into me now it's time to take care of me. It's time to make sure that I get that necessary rest so that I can rejuvenate and be ready for the next day. It's so important. Drinking water, my goodness. I hear so many people say, I haven't had any water in days. So very important. Absolutely free to do. A way to um, promote self-care. Self-care is so important. I think we have a caller on the line that's going to check our line really quickly before I go into my next question. We don't want to miss these callers. Hello, you're on the air with Dr. Drayvon James and our fabulous guest, Linus Woods Mullins. Did you have a question or comment? Oops. Okay, I guess not. Okay, they'll they'll come back. Okay, so um, my, my next question about self-care is how is it, Linus, that, you know, it, well, let me ask the other question first. Self-care, lack of self-care, more prevalent in women or men? Who do you see most? Oh, I think it's about um, even. I think women have a tendency to be more tuned in to the need to do that. But I see uh, an interesting phenomena that goes on uh, with men versus women. Um, the men uh, might pay more attention to their self-care when they're younger, but somewhat, you know, working out, having fun, that kind of thing. But as they get older, uh, they stop, especially if they happen to be married. You know, they may not take a shower every single day, or they may let themselves go with their clothes, getting a little frayed or whatever, and they're thinking, oh, that doesn't matter. Or they may stay up really, really late watching a show. You know, uh, they're no longer in the dating market. They're no longer, you know, out there looking supposedly. So they let some things go on the surface. But that can be indicative of other issues that they want to really peel, peel back the layers and take a, uh, take a look at because 
We want to take care of ourselves, not for our mates. We want to take care of ourselves for ourselves because we care and love ourselves. Um, the other thing with women is that, you know, they have this uh, wonderful refrain, or we have this wonderful refrain of, um, you know, I'll do it later, or, you know, while I am taking care of myself, you know, I went and got my nails done or my hair done. If everything looks good on the surface, then we're okay, right? But the reality is that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. Many times, if you're not doing the self-care in terms of your overall emotional wellness, your mental wellness, inevitably, eventually, it will start to show on the outside. Uh, someone, for instance, who's under a lot of stress, let's say, um, high cortisol levels, they begin to gain weight, their stomach begins to get larger, um, you know, um, there's uh, worry lines and dryness of the skin because of more cortisol. There are telltale signs that you're not taking as good a care of yourself as you could. I can tell you that um, I'm 64 now, and a lot of people do not guess my age. They think I'm in my 40s. Uh, one of the reasons why maybe, besides just genetics, that I look as young as I do is because I made a conscious decision about 13 years ago when I left corporate America at the age of 51 that I wanted to work for myself. And I wanted to do something that was of service and something that I was passionate about. When I walked away from that corporate job, which I was really good at, and I made a lot of money, but that wasn't important enough for me because of the amount of stress that it caused me and also because of the anxiety disorder that I developed. So that was my form of ultimate self-care. I'm not saying that everyone should do that, but the result was that I'm able to set my own hours. I get a lot more rest. I truly enjoy what it is that I do, and I'm using all my talents, gifts, and abilities and not dealing with politics anymore. It's a lot less stressful. I'm happier. And as a result of making that decision, um, I have more time for my self-care. I mean, if I want to work a 15-hour day, which I happen to be doing today, I can do that. But not too long after I finish talking to you, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Whereas normally in corporate America, I would still be, you know, even though I was tired, I would still be working. So, you know, I think self-care is something that everybody has their own definition in terms of what it is. But I can tell you uncategorically that it does involve making decisions that is going to increase the overall value of your life in terms of how long you live and the quant- the quality of your life. You can live to be 80, but you could be bedridden, stressed out, in a wheelchair, whatever, or you can live to be 80 and be vibrant and have energy and be engaged. It's all up to you, but it really does start with the, the decisions you make in terms of what you personally need in order to be well in your mind, body, and spirit. Oh, I love that. I love that self-care is increases the overall value and the overall quality of your life. Now, who wouldn't want that? And how? And, and it's individualized. So it all seems to go back, in my mind, Linus, to listening to your body, learning to listen to your body, the way we listen to the news, the way we listen to other people's opinions, learning to listen to our body first and say, hmm, what was that? And I, you know, do I, do I need this? And I want to back up just a minute and talk about the courage that it has to take too, because you mentioned that, you know, at age 51, you decided to step away from corporate America, a very good career, highly paid career to focus on taking care of yourself. And it had a huge impact in diminishing anxiety, right? And it's, I find that a lot of times people are afraid, even though they know that, and that's a huge form to me of of self-care to say, look, I value 
my, the quality of my life more than I value the income from or the prestige or even the service that I am providing here, I value the quality of my life. I, you know, to have a quality life, as you said, you could get to a certain age and be in a wheelchair. You can get to a certain age and be vibrant. We want to get to that age and be vibrant. But how can people develop that courage to say, hey, this is the end of the road for me? And it, it doesn't have to be something as drastic as leaving your career, but with whatever you're doing, to say, this is it. This is me getting in bed at 6 p.m. because I'm exhausted. I know, I know it doesn't look like everything's done because it's not, <laughs> but I have to prioritize me. How do people get that energy or that, that push to prioritize themselves when they haven't been doing but, it for know, so long? I, I think, first of all, we need to learn to give ourselves grace. We need to be, learn to, to stop being so hard on ourselves and to give ourselves the room to uh, make mistakes, uh, the room to forgive ourselves when that happens. Many times we don't slow down and all that because we feel subconsciously or consciously that we have to do more. We have to be better to make up for whatever didn't work out or whatever we didn't do. And, and you know, uh, the past is the past. The future you cannot predict. So, therefore, all you have is the present. So, beginning to give yourself grace and take a look at what's going on with you right now in the present by checking in with yourself. You know, I advocate something called three by three. And we've talked about this before. This is uh, when you're meditating three times a day, three minutes a day, only three minutes a day, especially for people if they have a hard time just sitting and being quiet. And in that three by three or that three minutes a day, three times a day, you just focus on something, uh, maybe a distant sound, or maybe there's a plaque on the wall, or perhaps there's a scripture or an affirmation you want to focus on just for three minutes. And the reason why you do that is to learn to get quiet enough to be able to hear that inner voice. Because in that inner voice is, I call it the Holy Spirit, but in that inner voice is usually great wisdom, which can direct you on which way to go. But, you know, we're so busy being human doings, doing things all the time. We very rarely get into a human that's just being. And it's in our being that we begin to find the strength and the direction and the wisdom of what we need to do in order to feel better in our bodies and our minds and our spirits. So I would say is to give ourselves grace and to learn to get quiet so you can listen to what it is you do need to do. Because everything that you need based upon what you really want to do, based upon your dreams and everything, you already have those gifts, talents, and abilities within you. You have them. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a dream. It might take a more effort, it might take a little bit more study, it might take, you know, other kinds of things, but the ability for you to do those things is already within you. The only thing that keeps you from pursuing that is what's between, you know, your two ears, the voices, the lies, and the stories that we tell ourselves that aren't really necessarily based on anything true, or it might be based on feelings, and feelings are based on things that might have happened a long time ago or whatever, but aren't necessarily relevant right now. But being able to get quiet and to hear that one true, clear voice, and you'll recognize it when you hear it, is the first thing that I would recommend to begin that journey of figuring out what it is you really want to do for your self-care or what it is you want to do for your life. Um, self-care does not have to be a huge, big, drawn-out deal. 
I think the first step in uh, in self-care is recognizing that you need to increase your self-care or that you want to increase your self-care. When you get to that point where you're recognizing that something needs to change, that's the first step. Then you mm-hmm. want to go ahead and act on it. I always say that knowledge is, you know, it's, that is power. Knowledge is power. But acting on that knowledge is powerful. So once you get the knowledge and the knowing and the feeling that, okay, something has to change, then you want to act on it. And it doesn't have to be a perfect first attempt. You, you go for a walk and you want to walk a mile and you only walk around the block. That's okay. Remember I said, give yourself grace. At least you recognize that going for a walk is part of what you want to add to your self-care. It's something that you want to do to feel better. That's the first step. And you build from there. So give yourself grace. Get quiet and listen to that inner voice. And then go ahead and act on it. I love that. Give yourself grace. And and Linus, you do a lot of service um, for the community, specifically working with women over a certain age. How can our listeners reach you? And can you tell us about any programs that you have going on now? Sure. They can reach me on Instagram. That's the best way. Go to my Instagram and then click on the link in my profile. And that will lead you to a group of women I have on Facebook. I have over 11,300 women from 90 different countries, all over 40. We all get together and share advice and wisdom and informa- and wellness information. So that's one way to do it. And I do have an event coming up on December 3rd, 4th, and 5th called the Midlife Makeover Event. And if you want to find out more about that, when you go to Instagram and click on my link, you will see the Midlife Makeover Click on that. It's going to be a summit, a virtual summit for three days where we have 20 speakers from um, the field of mind, body, spirit, wellness, uh, who are experts for women over 40. We talk about everything from finances to chronic disease to relationships and everything else in between. It's going to be a great event. Uh, So if you're interested in finding out more about that, just click on my link in my profile on Instagram and register so that you can get the information about the Midlife Makeover Summit. Yeah, you always have so many wonderful things. And as you were talking, I was thinking, we were talking about self-care. And one of the things that we haven't talked about, because we can't talk about everything in this few minutes, but it's just a quick thing I want to say is that as you talk, and I talk to you frequently, and I know this is, your self-talk is such an important part of yeah. your self-care routine, how you are speaking to yourself. And you know, I've worked in healthcare for many years. I tell people we couldn't stop talking to ourselves if we wanted to. We're constantly chattering, we go chatty patty in our head about something. And make sure, pay attention, start listening to what you're chatting about, even about the topic of self-care. Start start applauding yourself for taking time out for you. Make start doing that and say, Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so excited that you made the decision to, you know, turn the television off or or put the phone on silent. You know, it's so very important. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. Our fabulous guest today has been Linus Woods Mullins. And I absolutely know that if you are serious about taking your life to the next level of greatness, and I know that you are because you're an everyday peacemaker, then you'll embrace the principles of self-care. Hop over and visit Linus's site, Hop over also and become a member of Leaders in High Heels. Learn how to up-level your life. Join a team of women and and like-minded people um, to take your life in the direction that you would love it to go. I absolutely love you. I'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.